life is good. So as I mentioned earlier, for the past seven weeks, we've been talking about um, the I am statements that Jesus made about himself. And now we're gonna share some of the things that the Bible says about us. So we begin with, we are spiritually blessed. Have you ever won a prize? You know, we have a myriad of game shows, don't we? Where people are just playing for lots and lots of money or other prizes. Many play the lottery to win. A billion dollars, can you believe that? People seek earthly prizes all the time. But what about blessings? Think for a moment, what are your greatest blessings? Can you just shout out some? What are your greatest blessings? Go ahead. A little louder, please. Your kids, okay, what else? Okay, lots of things, right, for which to be thankful. Well, I think a lot of people would say, you know, absolutely family and friends and their health and um, their home and hopefully you feel like your church is a blessing. So far we've thought about earthly prizes or blessings, but today we're going to look at our spiritual blessings. First, I would like to begin by giving you a bit of a background on the book of Ephesians. About the year 53, Paul first ministered in Ephesus, but he did not remain there. Two years later, on his third journey, Paul stayed in Ephesus for at least two years. And in that time, he saw the whole vast area evangelized. It was nearly 10 years later when Paul wrote to his beloved friends in Ephesus. And at that time, he was a prisoner in Rome. But he wanted to share with these believers the great truths that the Lord had taught him about Christ and the church. So the letter was written from Rome in about 62 AD. And though Paul was on trial for his life, he was concerned about the spiritual needs of the churches that he had founded. As an apostle, one sent with a commission, he had an obligation to teach them the word of God and to seek to build them up in Christ. He wanted their faith to continue to grow. Each book in the Bible has its own special message and theme, even though it may deal with many different topics. Well, Ephesians 1, 3, tells us that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united in Christ. The true God has lavished divine love on us through the person and work of Christ the Son. We, can have, uh, we do have every spiritual blessing which can be translated as all the blessings of the Spirit, referring to the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is mentioned many times in this letter to the Ephesians because he is the one who channels our riches to us from the Father through the Son. We all need to be reminded that the spiritual blessings we have are far more important than our earthly blessings. These eight blessings from God the Father make up our spiritual wealth. So let's look at them one at a time. First, he has chosen us 
It feels good to be chosen, doesn't it? Whether it's for a team, for a job promotion, um, for a winning prize, for a mate, any number of other things, want to be the one who is chosen. The good news today is that you have been chosen, not for some worldly treasure or position, but chosen by God. There's nothing now, nor will there ever be anything better than that. Verse 4 says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Even before he made the world. Our salvation is holy by his grace and not based on anything that we ourselves have done. He chose us in Christ, not in ourselves. But why? What is our purpose? To be holy and without blame. It's a privilege that carries great responsibility. It's important to note that all three persons in the Godhead are involved in our salvation. God the Father chose us. God the Son saved us by laying down his life for us. And God the Holy Spirit helps us to become more like Christ. What began in eternity past was fulfilled in present time and will continue for all of eternity. We have been chosen. Second, he has adopted us. If you're willing to raise your hand, I'm just wondering if any of you were adopted or you adopted a child. Okay, well, you know, it's very special to be chosen, to be adopted. Verse five in today's scripture says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Adoption is the act of God by which he gives us an adult standing in the family so that we might begin immediately to claim our inheritance and enjoy our spiritual wealth. Through Jesus Christ, we are adopted into God's family, making us children of God in the truest sense. How? amazingly wonderful is it that we have been adopted by God. The third blessing today is he has accepted us. Verse 6 says, so we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. There is nothing that we can do to make ourselves acceptable to God, but by his grace He accepted us in Christ. This will never change for all of eternity. We all long to be accepted, don't we? We want others to accept us. We want others to um, enjoy us and um, just want to be around us. We all long to be loved and accepted by God. But the good news is that we already have been. Fourth. He has redeemed us. Verse 7a says, He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his own son. To redeem means to purchase and set free by paying a price. 
Did you know that there were 60 million slaves in the Roman Empire? And often they were bought and sold just like pieces of furniture. But a man could purchase a slave and set him free. And this is what Jesus did for us. The price was his own blood. In Christ, we encounter the one true God in action for us and our salvation. And our salvation is for the highest purpose of redeeming all of creation to bring, as it says, to bring all things together in Christ, the things in heaven along with the things on earth. And this is sealed by the Holy Spirit's pledge of allegiance, inheritance rather, and in redemption. Being sealed by the Holy Spirit implies a full impression of the image of God on your soul and a full assurance of receiving all the promises whether relating to time or eternity. So being redeemed comes in three stages. We have been redeemed through faith in Christ. We are being redeemed as the Spirit works in our lives to help us become more like Christ. And we shall be redeemed when Christ returns and we become like him. The fifth spiritual blessing that we read in this chapter is that he has forgiven us. 7b says, and he forgave our sins. No written accusation stands against us because our sins have been taken away. Sin makes us poor, but grace makes us rich. Christ died to carry away our sins. Next, he has revealed God's will to us. The next verses say, he has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Ever since sin came into the world, things have been falling apart, right? Sin's been tearing everything apart and continues to tear things apart. But in Christ, God will gather everything together in the culmination of the ages. We are part of his great eternal program. And number seven, he has made us an inheritance. It says, furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work according to his plan. It continues with God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. You know, we get concerned about leaving something to our loved ones when we die, don't we? We make a will, we say who wants to get what. You know, earthly treasures and money are important, but the greatest inheritance we can leave is sharing our faith with others. It doesn't matter how much we accumulate, how much we have, or how much we leave here on earth. 
we cannot take anything with us when we die. And the people who inherit all of those things from us won't be able to take it with them either. The only thing that we can take to heaven with us is other people. And the eighth blessing is he has sealed us. Verse 13, and now you Gentiles have heard the truth, the good news that God saved you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. So Paul describes what happened to those who believe in Christ. They're marked with the seal, the promise of the Holy Spirit. In the ancient world, it was a custom that still follows. When a sack or a crate or a package was dispatched, it was sealed with a seal in order to indicate from where it had come and to whom it belonged. The possession of the Holy Spirit is the seal which shows that person belongs to God. The Holy Spirit both shows us God's will and enables us to do it. Warren Wiersbe described it this way, being sealed with the Holy Spirit speaks of a finished transaction. Even today when important legal documents are processed, they're stamped by the official seal to signify the completion of the transaction. And the sealing also implies ownership. God has put his seal on us because he purchased us with his own, and purchased us to be his own. It also means security and protection. The Roman seal on the tomb of Jesus carried this meaning. So the believer belongs to God and is safe and protected because he is a part of a finished transaction. I know this is a lot. I don't know how much of this you'll remember, but it's all in Ephesians chapter one and the rest of Ephesians uh, is certainly worth our time to read and, and study and remember as well. It's a lot to take in, but when we think about all of these blessings, how rich we are, how terribly rich. You know, some people wish they would win the lottery or some other kind of grand prize, but we can rejoice that we have been selected to receive all the prizes that Jesus has won for us and more. The Holy Spirit guarantees that these spiritual blessings on earth will last into heaven. Their value never diminishes, but grows with you into everlasting life. There is always more spiritual wealth to claim from the Lord as we walk with him. You know, the Bible is our guidebook and the Holy Spirit is our teacher. As we search the word of God, we discover more and more of the riches that we have in Christ. These riches were planned by the Father, purchased by the Son, and presented by the Holy Spirit. There's really no need for any of us to live in poverty when all of God's wealth is at our disposal. By faith, we can claim God's promises and draw on his limitless wealth to meet every need we face. This passage from Ephesians is filled with riches, abundant blessings and glorious grace which God has lavished upon us. Why? 
for his good pleasure. Just as we enjoy giving gifts to others, God enjoys blessing us with his gracious gifts. I don't think any of us can leave here this morning and not feel like we're the most important person there is. The most important person in God's eyes. He chose us before we were even born, before the earth was formed. God's love for us is excessive, it's tender and richly abundant. God only wants in return from us, and that is to glorify him and enjoy him forever. I was wondering which of these blessings I treasured the most. I couldn't decide because I'm grateful for all of them. You have heard me say many times, there is always, always something for which to be grateful. You know, even if you've been discouraged, if you have some kind of pain going on, if you're troubled or depressed, or experiencing any number of negative feelings, and I know that we are, please take time to read this chapter again. We don't deserve all these gifts. None of us do. I certainly don't. But they are ours because God loves us with an everlasting love. We are blessed to be a blessing. We've just looked at all these riches from Christ, and let's remember that true riches do come from God, eternal riches. They're not riches that can be bought. There's nothing we can do to earn them. All these riches come by God's grace and for God's glory. And these riches are only the beginning. We've heard these spiritual blessings, and we've heard some of us all of our lives that God loves us. They want you to hear this today. God not only loves us, he cherishes us. What does that mean? When people really value something or someone, often because they feel emotionally connected to it or to that person, they cherish it. We cherish things and we cherish people that matter to us. God cherishes us. He cares for us deeply. He treasures us. The verb cherish is related to verbs that mean costly and beloved. Jesus paid the highest cost for us. It's important to remember, however, that we don't simply just bask in these blessings from God. It does make, they all do make our lives richer and fuller and better and more abundant, but he does expect us to serve him well by caring for others, by helping those who just maybe need uh, some warm clothes, by making a meal for someone, by bringing things for the food pantry to help those who cannot afford it on their own, for calling on the sick and sharing our faith and so on. God has chosen us to have a relationship with him, to share his love with others and to give him our praise. We are called to serve others and the church. Our gifts need to be shared, especially with those who have not yet received them. 
that God has poured out his spiritual blessings upon us. They're more important than any earthly gift that we will ever receive. When someone gives us a gift, what do we do? We say thank you. It's important to say thank you. We are chosen by God, we are redeemed by Christ, and we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Make sure that you take time to thank him every day. Amen.